Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity again today to share the word of the Lord. Father, I am so grateful today and thankful that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God, I just pray today, Lord, that you will help us today to conquer our fears, Father. Lord, let your power, let your glory, let your spirit, let your presence be in this place today. Let the anointing of the Holy Spirit break every yoke of hindrance and bondage today. All for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. Well, this morning I want to begin a brand new series of messages that I'm calling Conquering the Giants in Our Lives. See, the fact of the matter is, all of us have giants in our lives that need to be conquered. Now, now the giant that continues to rear his ugly head in your life might be a different giant than I need to conquer in my life. But the the truth of the matter is, all of us battle giants. For you, it might be the giant of lust. For someone else, it might be the giant of anger. Maybe your giant is the giant of jealousy. Maybe your giant is the giant of inferiority. Or, 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 and the list goes on and on and on. Now, whether or not I talk about your particular giant in this series of messages is irrelevant. What matters in this series of messages is that we recognize the giant in our life and then we take the principles of the word of the Lord that we're going to discover in this series and we use these principles to conquer our giant. The giant that I'm going to talk about this morning is the giant of fear. In 1 Samuel chapter 17, the familiar story of of David and Goliath is recorded. Now, now everybody ought to be familiar with the story of David and Goliath. Hey, hey, even the sinners know the story of David and Goliath. We understand that that Goliath was a a giant about nine feet tall or so, and, and he was a giant that challenged the people of God. And his challenge was that, that, that he alone would represent the army of the Philistines and then the people of Israel, they could choose anyone they wanted to out of their army and they could represent the army of Israel. And it would be a one-on-one showdown, a one-on-one fight. And, and if Goliath won this fight, then the Israelites would be the servants of the Philistines. But, but, but if the representative of Israel defeated Goliath, then the Philistines would serve the Israelites. Problem was that, that nobody in Israel's army was willing to fight Goliath. King Saul and, and every single soldier in his army was fearful of Goliath. Fear was keeping Israel from even showing up for the battle. You see, in reality, in reality, it was not Goliath that was uh, the enemy, but in reality, fear was the giant that Israel needed to conquer. Well, let's talk about this giant named fear today. And let me, let me say this morning that fear is indeed a giant. It's a giant that, that, that all of us need to conquer. I understand that that fear comes in all different shapes and sizes. You see, some people fear what? They fear what might happen. 
Their fear is in what might happen. Uh, a terrorist attack might happen. And so, wow, don't want to go watch the Rangers play or the Cowboys play or go to the mall or go where a lot of people assemble because, because they are fearful of what might happen, what might take place. Um, a plunge in the stock market. Uh, that might happen, and so fear has gripped their heart about what might happen. Uh, maybe a layoff, a layoff, m- m- maybe a divorce, uh, m- m- maybe it's cancer. Uh, s- some people fear what might happen. Uh, Obamacare. S- some people fear what might happen, and then, and then some people fear what might not happen. Their fear is not so much in, in, in what, what might happen, but their fear is in what might, might not happen. Oh, 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 I might not get the job. Amen. She might not say yes. <laughs> the solution to my problem, it might not work. Let's look at the story of David and, and, and Goliath one more time this morning. And, but, but this time, let's look really close and see what we can learn about the giant of fear from this story. There are three things that I see about fear as I look at 1 Samuel chapter 17 anew and afresh. The first thing that I see about fear in this story is the reason for fear. I see the reason for fear. When the giant Goliath stepped out into the valley and challenged the army of Israel, David's brothers, along with all of the other soldiers in Israel's army, were immediately paralyzed with fear. Let me suggest three reasons for their fear. Three reasons that I see in this story why they were fearful. The first reason I, I believe that they were fearful is because that they listened. They listened to the wrong voice. They listened to the wrong voice. Verse 8 says that Goliath stood and he shouted a, a taunt across to the Israelites. And this is what he said to them. He said, why are you all coming out to fight? He said, I am the Philistine champion. He said, I am the Philistine champion, but you, he said, you are only the servants of Saul. See, Goliath begins with intimidation. He begins with intimidation. Look at how big that I am, man. I'm the giant. I'm the head head and shoulders of everybody. I'm the giant. Look how big I am. And, And look where I came from. And then look at you and where you came from. Fear has a voice. And fear's voice is the voice of intimidation. Fear tells us all of the reasons why we can't do something. It tells us all the reasons why the task is just too big for us. The voice of fear tells us all the reasons why we shouldn't even attempt to do what we are thinking about doing. And it tells us all of the reasons why we are going to fail. The reasons why, or the reason why David's brothers were fearful was because that they listened to the wrong voice. 
Let me ask you this morning, whose voice are you listening to? Not only did David's brothers listen to the wrong voice, another reason for their fear was they looked at the wrong thing. They looked at the wrong thing. Verse 24 and 25. As soon as the Israelite army saw Goliath, they began to run away in fright. And here's what they said. The Bible says that they said to one another, Have you seen the giants? Let me admit this morning that giants are scary to look at. I mean, I'm average height. I'm 5'11". A little above average, actually. Giants are scary. They're scary dudes. Scary to look at. So I ask you this morning, why do we look at them? Why do we look at them? If you look at the giant long enough, you're definitely going to talk yourself out of conquering him. The third reason why David's brothers were in fear was they leaned in the wrong direction. You see, in order for them to conquer the giant, they needed to look vertically. But instead, they looked horizontally. You see, God and God alone could could help them conquer their giant. And yet instead of looking to Him, they looked at one another, hoping that somebody in the army would step up. Somebody would accept the challenge of Goliath. But let me tell you this morning, you, you cannot conquer your giant all by yourself. And let me tell you this morning that man cannot help you conquer your giant either. Let me tell you that some giants are so big that only God, only God can conquer your giants for you. You might say, yeah, but, 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 but pastor, uh, uh, David conquered Goliath. Yes, he did. But as we will later l- learn in this message, he didn't conquer Goliath in his own power, but he conquered Goliath in the power of his Lord. Let me encourage you today to stop depending on what you can do for yourself and stop depending upon what man can do for you and start depending upon what God and God alone can do. The next thing that we can learn about fear in this story, the second thing that I see as I read it anew and afresh is the reaction to fear. And as I look for the reaction of fear, I, I, I discover no less than three reactions to fear in 1 Samuel 17. And the first reaction to fear is confidence is lost. Confidence is lost. See, if you'll read just a few verses in a chapter or two before this, before Goliath shows up, Saul and his army, man, I mean, they're brave, they're confident, they're efficient soldiers. Oh, Saul walks around with swag. He acts like he's the man of the hour, the man with the plan, the big cheese, the head honcho. 
1 Samuel chapter 14 verse 47 says that Saul fought against his enemies in every direction. And wherever he turned, he was victorious. And yet when the, when the giant Goliath shows up, his swag begins to sag. And fear, fear drains every ounce of confidence from the life of Saul and all of his soldiers. And so it is with you. And so it is with me. Friend, fear will strip us of confidence if we do not conquer it. Another reaction to fear that I see here is confusion sets in. Yeah. Confusion sets in. Verse 11 says that when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and they were deeply shaken. Notice, deeply shaken. And, And nobody seems to know quite what to do. The Bible says that there was a standoff between these two armies for 40 days. That's a month. And ten days. And the Bible says that twice a day, 40 days, this giant shows up and issues the challenge. That means he challenged 80 times. And no one, not even the king himself, has a plan or has a clue as to what to do. And friend, that's what fear will do to us. Confusion sets in and we become paralyzed and don't have a clue as to what we need to do. And so this is why that the devil uses this weapon of fear on the people of God. Third reaction to fear that I find in this story is conflict arises. Conflict Arises. Everything is going well for Saul and his army. I mean, they're whipping people right and left. Everybody around them, one battle after the other. Everything's well, everything's good, man. It's awesome. Until Goliath shows up. And fear in the heart of God's people causes division. And finger pointing begins when fear rears its ugly head. The blame game begins when fear shows up. Here they are, shaking in their boots with fear when along comes little brother David. And David shows up. And David watches and listens as Goliath shows up for his daily taunt and his daily challenge. And David volunteers to take on Goliath. Who is this turkey that he would defy the armies of the living God, David? I'll accept his challenge. Bring him on. But his very own brothers... That's what hurts the worst, isn't it? Once your own brothers. 
His very own brother started fussing with him and chastising him and putting him in his place and putting him down and telling him all the reasons why he is not qualified for the job. They're saying, hey, little brother, if we're not willing to do it and we're big brother, how in the world do you think little brother's going to do it? You're just an errand boy bringing bread and cheese. Cook the grilled cheese sandwiches, boy, and then get back to daddy. (laughs) The truth of the matter is when the giant of fear shows up and is not conquered, conflict arises. And it happens in the church. It happens in the church. Just let, you know, the pastor or the leadership come up with a new vision or new direction or whatever, 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 and everybody jumps on board, and it's awesome, and it's good, and it's wonderful, and it's marvelous, and then just let a little bump in the road, and then what happens? Conflict arises. It happens in marriage. Happens in marriage. Happens at work. Happens in the government. All right, we've talked about some of the reasons for fear and, and, and the reactions to fear. Let's, let's talk a little bit this morning about the remedy for fear. In discovering the reason and the reaction to fear, we find it all in David's brothers. But in order to discover the remedy for fear, we must look at David and how he faced the giant. Amen. Now I ask you this morning, what was it about David that he looked at the very same giant and he heard the very same taunt that his brothers saw and that his brothers heard, but what brought fear into the heart of David's brothers, the very same thing brought faith into the heart of David. Let me suggest six things that David did. Turn to your neighbor and say, did he say six? It don't matter how many points it is. It's 40 minutes with it no matter what. Don't worry about it. Six things that David did that helped him conquer the giant that he was faced with. And I believe that if we will do what David did and not what his brothers did, you and I this morning, we too can conquer the giants in our lives. The first thing that I see that David did was that he he rehearsed past victories. He rehearsed past victories. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 34. David said to Saul, You don't understand, Saul. Your servant, or me, David, uh, used to keep his father's sheep. And and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and I I struck it and I delivered the lamb from its mouth. And and when it arose against me, I, I caught it by its beard and I struck and killed it. Your servant, me, I, I, I have killed both lion and bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. 
And David went on and he said to him, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to him, Go and the Lord be with you. See, this wasn't David's first rodeo. He had faced other giants in the past. Lions and bears are giants. And David said, hey, hey, this is nothing new to me. The God of the past is the God of the present. David said to Saul, what God did for me yesterday, he can also do for me today. David said to Saul, you don't understand God has proven himself to me. You don't understand me and God, we've got a history together. You don't understand Saul. I know, I know firsthand what God can do. And Saul, David said, why should I fear today what I have seen God do for me? Just yesterday. And I ask you this morning, why are you so fearful? Why, why, why are you so fearful? Why have you allowed fear to, to grow in your heart to the point it's so big that it, is, it has grown into a giant? Has God never done anything for you in the past? Has God never worked a miracle for you in your past? Has God never delivered you from your enemies in the past? Oh, has God never provided for you? Has He never protected you? Oh, you need to re- you need to rehearse past victories. You you need to speak oh of other times when God came through for you. You need to remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. Remind yourself of all of the times when God made a way for you when you just could not see that there even was a way. Second thing I see that David did was that he refused. He refused unproven weapons. Verse 38 and 39. David convinces Saul, and so in verse 37, David says, or Saul says, uh, Go and the Lord be with you. But he doesn't really mean it. Because the next verse says, So Saul clothed David, just in case, you know. <laughs> Just in case God can't do it. So Saul clothed David with his, with his armor. And he put a bronze helmet on his head. And he also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor and tried to walk. For he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I cannot walk with these. For I have not tested them. So David took them off. I think it quite interesting. Not really, because after 40 years, it's just what happens. But it's quite interesting that Saul wasn't willing to fight the giant, but he was more than willing to tell David how to do it. A lot of things people aren't willing to do in the church, but they sure want to tell you how to do it. Here, David, Saul said, take my armor and use it. Oh, in your mouth. Do it this way, David. This is the way you ought to do it. 
I believe that one of the reasons why giants aren't defeated in our lives is because we're trying to use somebody else's weapons. And we're trying to use somebody else's methods. We've read the latest book. You know, I don't know what you're going to say about me when I ever leave here, but at least you can't say, well, he led us this way for a while, and then we went that way for a while, and then we went that way, and then we went that way, and we were schizophrenic. And that's the way some pastors are. Whatever, what they are is the latest book they read or the latest seminar they went to. You can say a lot of things about me, but at least you can't say that about me. Amen? And I believe that the reason why we don't conquer a lot of our giants is because we're used to try to use somebody else's weapons, try to use somebody else's methods. We've read the latest book. We've been to the latest seminar. Let me tell you, friend, just because something works for somebody else doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for us. Cookie-cutter methods and means don't conquer giants. Write this down. Principles are universal. Principles are universal. Preferences are are not. You want to build a great church, you better have great worship. Amen. That's a principle. Amen. But the style of worship is a preference. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not a principle. Well, you can't build a church doing it that way. Well, other people are. Amen. Don't, don't get principle and preference mixed up. Principles, principles are universal. Preferences are not. D- David said, said to Saul, said, hey, j- just because these weapons worked for you, that doesn't mean that they're going to work for me. Hallelujah. Wow, I've got to hurry. Notice the next thing I see in David's life that filled his heart with faith and not with fear. That is, he relied on proven weapons. Verse 40. David took his staff. Whose staff? David took his staff in his hand and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook. And he put them in a shepherd's bag in a pouch which he had. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. Listen, when you're about to go toe-to-toe with a nine-foot giant, that's not a good time to try out a new weapon. Not a good time. To try out a new... It's time to dance with the one who brought you. 
You see, you see, David knew nothing about how to fight with Saul's armor, but he knew everything about how to fight with a slingshot and a rock. This weapon he was very familiar with. Oh, listen, I want to tell you about David, man. I want to tell you that he could, he could, he could lay a rabbit down on the run a hundred yards away. Pastor, how do you know that? It's my sermon. I say he could. That's why. Oh, oh, what happens to us? What happens to us when the giant shows up in our life? Oh, do we borrow somebody else's weapon? Uh, oh, like a self-help book or, or a motivational CD? Do we make an appointment with our shriek or do we call 911? What do we do when the giant rears his ugly head in our life? Oh, I believe the way to conquer the giant of fear in our lives is the same way David conquered Goliath. Refuse unproven weapons and instead rely upon proven weapons. Weapons like prayer. Weapons like the Word of God. Weapons like praise. Weapons like faith. I'd like to camp there for a while, but I don't have time. The next thing that I see that David did was he rejected intimidation. He rejected intimidation, verse 41 through 44. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David. And the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Goliath tried to intimidate David by making fun of him and belittling him and laughing at his weapons. And the devil tries the same strategy with us. In order to conquer fear, we must reject intimidation. The truth of the matter is the giant we are facing is big. That's a big dude right there. The giant, we just might as well recognize it and understand it. The giant we're facing is big. But here's what we know. Big giant, bigger God. Here's what we know. Big giant, big victory. Amen. And the next thing that I discover that, that David did, he responded in faith. He responded in faith. Verse 45 through, through 50. David said to the Philistine, Yeah, you come to me with your sword, a spear, and a javelin. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Amen. And today the Lord is going to deliver you into my hand, and I'm going to strike you, and I'm going to take your head from you. And today I'm going to give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth. And all the earth is going to know that there is a God in Israel. 
And all this assembly is going to know that the Lord does not save with sword. He doesn't save with spear. For the battle is the Lord's and He's going to give you into our hands. And so it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine in his forehead so that the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the earth. And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and he struck the Philistine and killed him but there was no sword in the hand of David. David didn't try and conquer the giant in his own strength. He didn't try and conquer the giant with his own clever schemes. Or he didn't try the latest and greatest method. No, no, no. David knew he was absolutely no match for a nine foot giant on his own. He knew that if he stood toe to toe and it was only his strength against the strength of the giant. He knew he was toast. His faith. And confidence was not in himself. It was not within his own ability. No, David's faith and David's confidence wasn't in what he could do. It was in what he knew that his God could do. Oh, he said, do you come to me with your spear? You come to me with your shield and your sword? But he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I come to you in the name of the God of the armies of Israel. And I'm going to get you today. Let me challenge you today. The next time that the giant of fear knocks on your door, don't answer it yourself. Send faith to the door. The last thing that David did was that he removed all opportunities for a comeback. He removed all opportunities. For a comeback found in verse number 51. Therefore David ran, stood over the Philistine, took the Philistine's sword, drew it out of its sheath, and killed him. And cut off his head with it. And cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw their champion was dead, They fled. David didn't kill Goliath with the slingshot and the five stones. All the slingshot and five stones did was knock him down. Knocked him out. Now what's David going to do? Here's his giant right here. And you know, we, I hear preachers preach about it, and they say, well, he just, you know, grabbed glass sword and just whacked his head off. The dude is nine foot tall. He's a big dude. Look, look how big he is laying there right there. David's just a kid. He knocks him down, and I think David climbs on him. Grabbed his sword out of his sheath. Brings it over. And saws his head off. (laughs) 
you're awake. More than I can say for most pastors after 35 minutes of preaching. See, see, if David hadn't finished the job by cutting Goliath's head off, the giant would eventually wake up and David would have one mad giant on his hands. See, the problem is too many people get their giant knocked down. They get their giant knocked out. But they forget to remove all opportunities for a comeback. I'll never forget many years ago now, a man in our church in Pampa, Texas. That goes way back to the early 80s. He comes to church, he gets saved. He starts, keeps coming to church, gets filled with the Spirit. The Lord delivered him from smoking. One day I'm in the truck with him. We're talking about the goodness of God. We're driving down the road and I won't say his name, but he opens the ashtray. And he says, look here, Pastor. And in his ashtray, there's an unsmoked cigarette. And he's all excited. He says, Pastor, the Lord delivered me from the cigarette smoking. And he said, I just kept one last cigarette. And I put it in my ashtray. And just every once in a while, I just say, look at there, devil, look at there, what the Lord delivered me from. I called him by name and I said, get that cigarette and throw it out the door. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. But man, someday in weakness, that desire's there. There it is. Boom, there it is. I understand what you're saying, but buddy, roll the window down and throw it out. Cut Goliath's head off. Amen? Maybe your giant is pornography. And the Lord has delivered you. Have you taken... Those cable channels off of your television? Hallelujah. You just have him knocked down. You better cut his head off. Do you have internet access in places you shouldn't have it? Better cut his head off. Amen? Because it's one thing to get the giant down. It's another thing to cut his head off and remove all opportunities for a comeback. If we could get the worship team back in place this morning. Well, this morning we began a brand new series on conquering the giants in our lives. And all of us have giants in our lives. Giants that love to rear their ugly head. Your giant is different than mine. Mine is different than yours. We all have giants that need conquering. Today we talked about the giant of fear. 
may or may not be your giant. The nature of your giant is irrelevant. The truth is that all of us have giants that need to be conquered. And what worked for David will also work for us. Would you stand with me this morning, please? Father, I just pray today that you will take the Word of God today, Lord, that has been shared. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will illuminate the Word of God to the heart of your people. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will do your work of conviction in this house today. That we will recognize the giant in our life and we will take the steps needed to conquer the giants that are in our life. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning and nobody is looking about this morning. But I want to ask you this question this morning. Who among us today would recognize and admit not out loud, but just by the lifting of a hand this morning that that there's a giant in my life that needs to be conquered. If that's you this morning, can I see your hand all over the room this morning? There's a giant in my life. Thank you. About a third of the congregation are honest. The rest of you didn't lift your hand. If you don't have any giants in your life, Hang around, they'll show right back up here for too long. All right, you lifted your hand this morning, those of you that lifted your hand. How many of you that lifted your hand this morning that you recognize there's a giant in your life that needs to be conquered? How many among you are willing to face the giant today? Are you willing to face it? Let me see your hand. I'm willing to face my giant today. I'm willing to face the giant. It might be fear, it may not be fear, it might be something else, but I'm ready and willing to face the giant today. All right, one more question to those of you that lifted your hand for the first two times. Will you lift it the third time? The third thing I'm asking you is that you are here and you've recognized the giant, you're willing to face the giant, and are you willing to do what it takes? You're willing to do what it takes to conquer the giant. Can I see your hand this morning? I'm willing to do what it takes. All right, your hands are up. Why don't you just keep on coming now? You've got up there's 15 people with their hands up right now. Just come on this morning. Come on to the front this morning. Begin. Amen. You've already taken the, be- the first step, which is usually the hardest step of all. Now just keep coming. Just keep coming. Just keep coming this morning. Maybe you did not raise your hand this morning, but you know you should have raised your hand. You know you should be down here this morning. Come on down this morning. Come on down this morning. No one's going to think the lesser of you. In fact, we're going to think more of you because you're willing. You're willing to recognize the giant. You're willing to take steps uh, to to, uh, rid yourself of the giant, to conquer the giant in your life. And let me, let me remind you that you can't do it on your own and I can't just wave some magic wand over you or say some pastoral phrase over you or do some pastoral thing over you. But I am telling you this morning that, that if you will not look horizontally, if you'll not look for yourself or someone else this morning, but you'll look vertically, if you'll look toward God this morning, amen, the, the God that delivered uh, David out of the paw of the lion, out of the paw of the bear, and then delivered him uh, from the Philistine named Goliath. 
Goliath, that same God will deliver you and set you free this morning and will help you conquer the giant in your life. Amen. I would like the rest of you to come this morning and get behind these that are here this morning. Everyone, 